sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Thank you for joining us tonight on Spooky Sundays with your hosts, myself, Anne Rekovich, and... Renata Danielle. And we thank Newcastle Live Radio for taking the risk of putting these two old ducks who happen to be a little bit naughty on the air at night. Now, we may be a little bit naughty, but we we do know our stuff when it comes to spooky stuff, don't we, Renata? Absolutely. And if we don't, we've got Google ready to go. That's right. And if it's on Google, it, it has to be truth. That's true. Everything That's true. there is, is truth. Now, it turns out that last week... Our Wayne the Demonic Bin Chicken story was very, very popular. So we have come back with part two this week, and it takes a really weird twist. Um, And this is our ghost writer that is writing this for us. So Mm. we just put in a little bit of information and it takes over. I think we're firing the ghost writer. No, we're not. We're not. (laughs) You wait to hear tonight's story. Like I said, I don't know. I have no idea. You've Mm. just given me some lines. I have, I have. I'm going going blind into this. Yep, yep. So I decided this week, rather than just me reading it all out, I've given Renata her lines to say. So I will cue her when she has to say her line. So she actually doesn't know what those lines mean until she hears the part leading up to it. Yep. Yep, I could be in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> you will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also got a few stories on tonight. What have you got for us tonight, Renata? Well, I've got the story of an eerie face that appears in smoke. And if you want to take a look at that before I tell the story, which will be in about a minute's time, you can go on to Newcastle Live Radio web uh, Facebook page for the community page, Newcastle Live community Radio. Group. We'll community group. We'll get it right eventually. Group, community group. <laughs> and uh, you will see the picture there. It's been very popular. It's also on Newcastle Ghost Tours and a lot of people are making a comment of what they are seeing in the smoke. Yeah, I think Mm. we've got a bit of paradoilies going on. Paradoilia. The paradoilies as I like to call it. Yeah. Uh, and I have got an unusual death that I'm going to talk about, um, which led into another story. And I actually have a picture of the body on the Newcastle <gasps> Live. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, like you weren't looking real hard. Um, it's very hard to see what it is, but mm-hmm. it is actual an actual photo of the body, apparently, uh-huh. from 1888. Mm. And then I'm going later on to Windsor. Oh, nice. I like winter. Yes. Yeah. And I think I've found a place we need to go and stay at. Oh, is it a pub? It is. I've already investigated there. Shut up. (laughs) With my other friends. Before you. (laughs) B.R. Before Renata. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Well, should I I, uh, head into the uh, eerie face story? Oh, please. Let's hear the news of the week in the paranormal world. Because this literally just happened like a day and a half ago. (laughs) 
This is this is as oh, new. It's fresh. It's as new as new can be. It's not even if it was a corpse, it wouldn't be smelling yet. No, it's it's completely new. And look, it is it is from England, as oh, a lot of good England. Everywhere yeah. is haunted in England. Let's just let's just get that yep. straight, right? So yep. Eerie Face appears in Smokers, Britain's most haunted pub burns to the ground. Now, how many pubs? in England are uh, the most haunted pub in England. I don't know. I don't have enough fingers in my hand to count. Right. <laughs> so this um, actually came out on, um, what's today's date? The oh, 29th? 30th something? 30th, 30th. Oh, this came out on January the 28th. Right. The Leopard Inn in Burslem, Stoke-on-Trent, reportedly haunted by a murderer, went up in flames last <gasps> weekend. Now that's sad. That's that really is sad. sad. Yes. Onlookers claimed they saw demonic faces in the billowing smoke as about 40 firefighters battled to quell the blaze at the derelict former inn. And medium Helen Lawson. Yes. Who claims to have encountered... She forgets it's radio and she pulls faces. It's like, (laughs) that was the face of disdain. Yes. uh, And medium Helen Lawson, who claims to have encountered terrifying spirits at the pub, believes the ghosts haven't left the wreckage and will forever haunt whatever is built in its place. Well, it's as if the fire is going to get rid of ghosts. They're already dead. Mm. She said, in the aftermath, my phone did not stop because people kept sending me photographs of contorted faces in the smoke. Yeah. And people were saying, are the spirits of the leopard being set free? (laughs) My feeling is that the spirits were angry the building was burning and will still choose to stay there whatever happens and whatever is built on top. I'd say it's the spirits that caught fire. (laughs) The The land will always be haunted. The historic site is allegedly possessed by Molly Lee, known as the Burslem Witch. Now, here is a oh, sad story. This one. is This is an awesomely sad story, and I've got to leave this for later because we won't have time. But talk about ex- accusing someone of witchcraft. It's this poor woman. But anyway, Helen claims to have seen the sorceress and a killer named Richard's ghost while carrying out paranormal investigations at the site. She also believes a tunnel beneath the pub was formerly used as a makeshift morgue. Oh, how many times has there been a, a, a mysterious tunnel? There's got to be a mysterious tunnel. Even at tunnel. Maitland Jail, there's a mysterious tunnel that nobody's found. Well, allegedly it's there. Depends Ooh. on who you talk to. There have been a few people that have said they've been down in that tunnel. If you have been down in the tunnel at Maitland Jail, please let we us w- know. We want to hear about it. Zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six, please. Absolutely. So, describing the strange happening she claimed to have witnessed, Helen said, "Personally, I would see apparitions there. Strange lights, dark shadows. People have reported being attacked." scratched, having unseen hands around their throats, (gasps) doors opening and closing. Bricks have been thrown at people. Glasses have fallen off shelves. Excuse me? Clink, clink. I'm just giving you some background noise. Bricks don't make that sort of noise. Ka-thump. It was extremely haunted. I have been to hundreds of haunted venues to do paranormal investigations, and this will always be the most haunted I have ever been to or will ever know. 
yeah, until the next one. <laughs> she added, I personally have encountered a murderer called Richard, a doctor and his wife, lots of children giggling and running around. You will hear voices all the time, doors slamming, disembodied voices. She's saying that again. It was the norm, but everybody loved it because of that. Oh, the, the paper would have loved her because she's so good at dealing out all the ghost stories. Yeah. They don't like us because we go, yeah, no, nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> the pub is a beloved historical land, well, was a historical landmark where Josiah Wedgwood and James Brindley met to discuss building the Trent and Mersey Canal in 1765. It must be a splendid place. Oh, it would have been. Canal. The Mersey Canal. The Mersey Canal. Mm. It closed and subsequently fell derelict, but it remained one of the most spooked buildings in the UK, some claim, with its ghostly goings-on appearing on TV shows like... Most Haunted? Yes. Yes. I must be psychic. Yes. Now, this poor poor witch that they claim um, had everything to do with it, um, her name was Margaret or Molly Lee, and she was born in 1685, um, and she lived in a cottage very, very close to the township. She was very, very poor, and she lived alone because they they said she was ugly, very ugly. Oh, my. And also had an eye deformity. Oh, the poor darling. But she could possibly have had the condition which was known today as Down syndrome. Oh. The legend says that from birth she had adult abilities. She was able to eat a crust of bread within a few hours of her birth and refused her mother's milk, preferring to suckle from farm animals. Do you know that that was a thing? That was a thing? What? Making babies suckle from um, farm animals. Like the cow's teat or something like that. Yeah, it was a thing. Goat. Yeah. Because people were poor. But if they were producing milk themselves, it was a they used to have wet nurses, I know, because mm. the, the, the uh, ladies didn't want to be feeding their babies. Mm. Mm. Um, but yes, and it goes on to tell this poor story of this poor Molly um, who ended up um, being one of the most generous people in the township. She had an apple tree in her yard and the kids made fun of the apple tree um, and her. Um, and How the, can you make fun of an apple tree? Well, they were going, Molly Lee, Molly Lee, chase me around the apple tree. Molly Lee, Molly Lee, you can't catch me. Molly Lee, Molly Lee, chase Molly me down Lee, all the Molly holes Lee. I can see. Um, but she ended up giving um, fruit and um, feeding people with the small amount of stuff that she had. Um, and they accused her of witchcraft. So their thanks is, well, you look different than us, so let's burn you. Yeah, yeah. People are so cruel. Oh, and do you know, you know who blamed her? There was A man? A, oh, yes, and it was a reverend, Reverend Spencer. Oh. Reverend Spencer, who was, let me just tell you, a raging alcoholic. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, let's let's not that that get that let's in not the way. stand on yeah. our pedestal lest lest we get knocked off, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, that's that's our story of the week. So I'm sorry to the Leopard Inn and I'm sorry to Burslem, um Stoke on Trent. You have um, unfortunately lost a uh, historic building um, and possibly one of the most haunted pubs in the UK. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata.
Ah, now it's my turn for my story for the week. And look, I'm actually taking my story this week from a paranormal magazine. Do you know they had paranormal magazines, Renata? I just remember when we went to England last time, I searched high and low for paranormal magazines and I couldn't find one. Oh, well, this one's called Haunted Magazine. Well, it's got the award-winning paranormal magazine, Haunted Magazine, issue 27. And it's actually got a a picture of Dr. Kieran O'Keefe on the front, Mm -hmm. who I've studied with. Mm. But there was a great story in there, which I wanted to share with you. And this person, (coughs) sorry, has actually gone and found a very old newspaper called... The Gentleman's Magazine of July 1746. I'm looking at the picture on Newcastle Live um, at the moment. Mm -hmm. It is there. So head to Newcastle Live uh, community group page. But I have to say that is not a photo from 1746. That one's from 1888. But let me me read you this story because I find it absolutely fascinating. So they're talking about um, electrical phenomena. And there was an account of a lady consumed by fire, kindled in her own body for the... and it goes on to say, and the same philosophically accounted for. So they have the the details of a woman from Italy in the year 1731, the Countess of Cornelia Baldi of Cessina, a small northeastern town famed for its farming and good quality fruit. The lady was 62 and in good health. She, after supper on the 4th of April, April, retired upstairs to bed and talked to her maid for three hours in her room before falling asleep. Poor bloody maid. Three hours of listening to that. Anyway, the maid made sure everything was as it should be when her mistress awoke and left the room shutting the door. By the morning, the Countess had not made uh, herself had not come down for breakfast, so her servant gathered a nice little tray of goodies for her, sumptuous goodies, and um, took up a breakfast tray and presented it to her mistress in the bedroom. When the girl knocked and then opened, the, the, she smelt something that smelt like roasted meat. Mm. I had that cooking tonight. And um, a scene of absolute horror and repugnance lay on the floor, just four foot from the bed, a heaped pile of ashes in the shape of a woman, oh. the body corrupted into absolute ruin, a charcoal ashen of a form, but hideously obscene to recognise two completely unburnt legs sticking out on the floor. Oh, no. All that remained to identify it as being the Countess. Oh, what a way to go. Wow, she—that's that's hot flush to the extreme. I was going to say that's a woman <laughs> who's had a hot flush. That's menopause, and she couldn't get those clothes off quick enough to no. get cool. No. See, guys, when we get upset and we go hot flush, hot flush, this is what we're trying to avoid. Yep, we're trying to avoid self combustion. So take us seriously because when it's on, it's just horrible. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry, my cough is almost gone, but it's still lingering. Two fingers of the right hand were strangely untouched by the intense heat that had done the damage. 
the unburnt leg still had woolen stockings on. Oh, that's it's so amazing. Yeah. Completely untouched by the heat and the fury of the fire that had consumed the Countess. The heavy pile of ashes had an ungainly moisture to them. <laughs> Did they pick them up and squish them? Yeah. <laughs> With small bits of debris of dry ashes floating about in the air to cement a striking scene of confusion to the maid. Her mistress, Countess Cornelia, had been reduced to a pile of dirty black charcoal ashes, teeth, bones, the whole body, every part consumed, except the legs and two fingers. Oh, gosh. Oh, so with some investigation, um, they sort of looked around the room. She could see there was candles, bedclothes, furniture, carpet lay completely undamaged. Um, Only an oily spread of soot was on them. That was the Countess. (laughs) Uh, The nearby lamp was set as it should be. No natural reason for the combustion could be offered to the household. Um, There was some bread there that was on the table, which they tried to feed to the dogs, but the dogs refused to eat it. (laughs) It was covered in mum. They didn't want to touch it. Oh, they know, they know. Yes. But the fire had eaten the Countess so completely. It was reason that had started from her inside in her own entrails, Uh fermented from her own juices. Officials deemed brandy and strong wines in her stomach may have combined to the heat of the fireplace to combust violently inside her, killing her instantly and then burning away slowly over hours. Her smouldering body acting like a candle, her own body fat supplying the fuel to burn at such a high intensity, the actual bones and teeth burnt to ashes. I could keep a candle going for a month for a whole family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You still wouldn't. You'd still have the teeth. And there'd there'd be the gritty, oily grime of me everywhere in the place, Mm. everywhere they went. They'd go, hmm, there's mum. Can't get her out of the carpet. (laughs) I've tried so hard. All right. Now, this is now I'm going to go on to the other case. So there was the one from Scotland, and that was the picture that you can see on the community page, community group. Oh, I get so confused. So Scotland had a case a bit later in 1888 that has the same frightening conclusions to the Italian countess story. 19th of February, Dr. Mackenzie Booth, a lecturer at Aberdeen University, was called to the loft of a stable in Constitution Street, Mm -hmm. where the burnt corpse of a 65-year-old man was discovered. The floor had burnt almost through. What was left of the man's remains rested on a single near-burnt beam. But the body and arms had been completely burnt through, so the ashes held the body in a somewhat human form of what remained of the man. So if you see the picture there, you can see the legs, you can see the head, but um, a lot in the middle was ash or it was like a husk. Ew. Um, The horror of the find had not taken away the amazement that the intensity of the fire had burned through the roof and several roof tiles now lay in the perverse black shape of a man. 
that he was surrounded in dry straw that had straw that had not taken light with the intensity of the fire capped and a, a most amazing scene and it bit like a car crash you can't take your eyes mm. away from it because you're trying to work out what the hell happened straw yes straw wow um the man still had his facial features, albeit charcoal, and ready to collapse in on itself if provoked. He had died without struggle and over hours burned to a husk, leaving the legs completely unmolested below the pelvis. A photographer was obtained from the university and captured the strange scene on copper film plate, which is what that picture is mm. that we have there. Now, isn't that a great story? Spontaneous combustion is so weird, so weird. And um, we don't have to go far to look for a story about spontaneous combustion because no, there's one associated with Maitland Jail. There is. Which is very interesting, considering that it is so rare. If a case of spontaneous combustion occurred, you'd think it would have been written up in the local newspapers. Mm. Apparently it's a big cover-up at the jail. Okay. A lot of the warders are trying to cover cover up what really happened. Right. So I, we're told. I want to know what really happened. I do too. I, I'm desperate to know Somebody what Somebody really out happened. there knows because it's yep. not that long ago in history that yep. this supposedly happened. Yep. There are people out there that had spent time in the jail when this allegedly happened. So once again, if you know And they swear that it happened. If you know something... Please get in contact with us. We want to know the real story of this. Now, um, I just did a quick little look into what may cause spontaneous combustion. Have you got any idea, Renata? Yeah, menopause, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason. And alcohol. Apparently it's alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, Well, it says here, according to Ford, I don't know what the motor cars have got to do with it, but (laughs) um, a build-up of acetone in the body which can result from alcoholism, diabetes, or eating a specific kind of diet, can lead to spontaneous combustion. What? What? Well, I do know that people who have diabetes can produce some sort of special gas or something. Um, I I might be talking out my gassy butt there, but I do remember them saying that or it's a, there's an odour, a mm-hmm. floral odour or something from someone whose sugars aren't right. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that could combust. And if it's combustible, if there was some sort of sm- – if they were smoking a cigarette or something like that and they sucked that down, you can see how that would start – burning from the inside out. Mm. I would have to go more deeply. We'll have to find a diabetic, sponta- put them into a coma and tr- and light a cigarette and get them to smoke it? No? No. 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 We've got two diabetic friends. We can ask. <laughs> we can only ask. Um, but, yeah, that it's, it's quite an interesting and weird thing, this spontaneous combustion mm-hmm. thing. Did you enjoy that story? I did. I enjoyed it. Never mind the rest of them. Mm-hmm. It's the question and answer time. And do we have some questions, Auntie Renata? We do. We do. Um, This one comes from one of our awesome, awesome, awesome listeners, Catherine. And she asks a question. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. I'm not tech savvy, but can a spirit hold on to the antenna on a REM pod and get energy? Um. 
I mean, we don't know for sure, but the theory behind the REM pod is that it is a bubble around the antenna and it's breaking that field. It's a bit like if there's a force field up, if you see when they, they put a force field, invisible force field over a spaceship, and if you put your hand on it, mm-hmm. it will light up and you can see that there is a force field there. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like that with the REM pod, that if you get close enough... Um, to that force field, it will alarm and let you know that mm-hmm. there is a field there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it is energy, then sure, I suppose they could siphon off the energy. If they're sp- supposed to be able to siphon energy off batteries, mm-hmm. then why not a REM pod? Mm-hmm. But the antenna doesn't actually give off energy. No, that just extends the um, the... Uh, amount of area that it can cover because it's going up around the well I mean it would be coming up through there it's it's metal it conducts mm-hmm. electricity so it's going up through there to form the bubble mm-hmm. as I say waving my hands in the air mm-hmm. and that's radio mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope that answers your question okay all right next question comes from Reiki Pete hello Reiki Hi, Pete Reiki Pete how are you mate and he asks is white light and spirit guide protection enough to enter a place of known danger slash bad spirits well okay I'm going to tackle this one yep because it depends first of all um, how you know that there are bad spirits <laughs> there uh, have you encountered them yourself or has someone said that there are bad spirits in there uh, so that's the most important thing to sort of have a look at um, and listen to the story about if someone has said to you there are bad spirits in there you you have to listen to them and work out you know what's going on um, I guess we always advise to be prepared And depending on how you prepare yourself, it may be mentally, physically, spiritually and emotionally or one of those or all of them. So you would put in place whatever you feel you need to do to prepare yourself to go into that situation. So no one goes into a um, a, a, a place where bad things are going on without any sort of protection. Oh, I don't um, know. I, I don't <laughs> know. In the No, I, I would say that at a haunted location, if there was evil bad spirits there, there would be ghost hunters lining up with no protection whatsoever heading in there going, I want to have an experience. Don't put a white bubble around me. No, but I, I guess I'm saying that if um, you were going out on a Friday night and someone said down the road in number 24... Um, Smith Street, Smithville, um, there's some bad stuff going on in there. You wouldn't just lob up and go, hey, hi, everyone, how are you, when you know that there could be murderers in there or something. Oh, you mean like real people? Real people. With a pulse. No, I don't go near real people. Real people are horrible. So I'm I'm sort of saying that you would, you know, you'd prepare yourself. You'd make sure your mobile phone was on. You might have have something with you, whatever it might be. You'd have your protection. I'd take Auntie Renata as my shield. So the same thing would happen if you were going into a place where allegedly something uh, nefarious is. You would prepare yourself in whichever way uh, you feel is doable for you. And look, for me, um, putting up your white light and spirit guide protection um, is almost to me like a, a beginner's stage of doing this sort of thing. If you 
um, if you don't believe that protection is already there and they're not with you 24-7, then um, your faith is not strong. So you, if you think, oh, I've got to put my bubble of protection up and I better make sure the spirit guides are all online, um, it's almost... It's a, just a reminder thing, you know, but I believe it's there all the time. Mm-hmm. And more for me, I will say to them, look, guys, I want to have an experience tonight, so make sure I don't get hurt, but um, I let them in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, yeah, and again, we go back to that um, major part of the question, what is, what's dark and or demonic or... Um, Hurtful. What's what's gone on there? Where uh, the suggestion is that something in there is is bad. That the we've we've got to know more information about that. Um, but yes, self protection is always an important thing. All right, uh, we've got another one here. We we did get a tarot question in there. We're actually not doing the. I don't think Renata, Renata's even got a card. So if we if we have time later on, we could do something. But we haven't been doing the tarot readings for a while now. No, we haven't. Um, okay, have either of you ladies been possessed by anything, and how did you get rid of it? This is from Mel, who came on one of our tours a few weeks back. Hello, Mel. Um, there would be people. Um, that would definitely say I've been possessed by things. I've got to find the word possession. I've got Anne sitting here right now who tells me I'm possessed all the time. Constantly. Absolutely. Ask her husband. He, <laughs> he'll he'll she. Arik will agree. Um, and not in the way that you would see in the movies, um, and not in the way where I kind of just blanked out and um, didn't know where I was or who I was. Mm. That's a. I think that's a good definition for me. A full possession is where you um, are no longer aware mm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you always have to look to mental health issues or um, brain malfunctions, bodily mm-hmm. mal- malfunctions before you assume spirit. Um, me personally, I have been influenced by things. Mm-hmm. I can blame it on the demon when I, I do something wrong. Oh, that wasn't me. That was the demon. Um, I, I Like even last night, I was having uh, very self-deprecating thoughts and bashing myself up so horribly and um, I that's not like me normally so I just went okay somebody is lurking around me and you don't have permission to be here you can bugger off right now and co- go back to wherever you came from because you are not welcome in my world and I have woken up much better this morning mm-hmm. maybe I just needed a good night's sleep mm-hmm. maybe I've had a rough couple of days and that was just my own self in a, you know, what they yep. call it, the inner monologue talking, or maybe there was something that had decided to hop on me at yep. Maitland Jail on Friday night and yep. say, I'm going to feed off her fears. Yep. And sometimes we do need a good slapping around. <laughs> and oh, That's every Saturday and, night and, for me. And, and have a good talk to ourselves and uh, go, now hang on here. I need to wake up to myself. Yeah. Oh, ooh, it's time for a song. It is. All right. Um, now, before we go to a song, we've got a ghost hunting workshop coming.
coming up that Renata and I are running. It will be on Tuesday nights for three consecutive weeks from 7.30 to 9pm. 22nd of February, I think, is the yes, first one. Yes, yes. Um, there is an Eventbrite link that I have just popped up onto the annrenata-frightfullygood. Uh, if you want, want to come and do that class with us, it's uh, only 20 bucks a week uh, for yeah. the 90-minute classes. Cheapest chips. It will be uh, face-to-face tuition with us, and we'll have slideshows. It's fantastic. Online. 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 And if you can't make it at that particular time, do not fear. It is recorded and you can watch it later. Mm-hmm. But And please subscribe to our Facebook family as well. Mm-hmm. So you can go on to um, Frightfully Good and Renata Frightfully Good and then ask to join our family page where you get extra stuff. Extra special yes. stuff. Extra special. And welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, I've got to have a bit of a laugh here at poor old Portable Tree. Four tabs later to try and find Radio Stream, put a complaint into those who own it. It should be one, one click only. I must admit, I did have trouble finding it myself the first time. I think they are working on it, don't worry. Um, and we have a little bit of a... Um, a, a red pickle. <laughs> I'm going to put in. She said, "Isn't that a blurring of the lines? Evil slash good, demons or angels? They are religious beliefs. But um, demons or angels, yes. Evil and good. We can have those without religion. Yeah, we can. We can. Um, but." Um, there's there's kind of a wide range between good and what good is for one person and what good is for another person. The same as evil. Um, and I always I always say be wary what you claim as being evil because it may just be something that you are unfamiliar with. And this has happened a lot in America, mm. I do believe, where uh, they've misunderstood <coughs> other people's practices, um, faiths, beliefs, and because it's not in alignment with theirs, it all, always, uh, not always, it immediately becomes evil because mm. it's going against what you say. Mm. Uh, it's just different. Mm. As long as it's not harming anyone, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, and also Jess wanted to say that it was good combustion stories. Yes, good combustion stories. I, I, I agree. Nothing like a good self-combustion story they're they're few and far between actually now we have come back from um, the blue mountains we spent a few nights up in um, mount victoria in a gorgeous old guest house called the uh, victorian and albert and the luck of the draw this was unbelievable luck of the draw was that we arrived and guess what we were the only ones in the whole Place. Now, what had happened is I had booked this ages ago because our friend from Queensland, Sue, who was one of our grand poo bars, uh, had said, I've got these days off. Uh, I work for Qantas, so I can jump on a plane really cheap and get down to you guys and we can spend some time together. And we went, great, let's try and find a really old looking place uh, that's got some good history to it. And I knew that the um, Mount Victoria... Uh, um, museum was very nearby and I'd been watching Barbara from Lithgow Paranormal put up things that she had caught there and I was fascinated by it. I thought, well, maybe this is a good opportunity. We can stay at the Victoria and Albert. And uh, 
yeah, when we got there, they said, oh, you guys have got the place to yourself. There's no one else here. Um, we had actually wanted to close down the hotel for this week being the Australia Day week. And I went, yeah. oh, I forgot that we're actually there on Australia Day. It didn't even dawn on me. Mm-hmm. So they just chose not to have anyone else in. So they they took us for a walk around and showed us all the, the sites, didn't they? Yes. And there was yes. a fireplace yes. that is supposed to have the engraved initials and something – from JFK mm-hmm. and his squadron. So they must have had some American troops or mm-hmm. uh, I know that they have a RAF base at the base of the mountains or maybe I should have said that, they're going to bomb it now. Well, um, it was a hospital for a while where they would repatriate um, unwell soldiers and they would stay up there and be treated because the nurses were there as well. Yes. So for a part of the history of the old building... Um, yeah, it was a hospital. And we asked them, was there any ghost stories? And they went, no, not really. No, uh, yeah. And, and we, we tried. We did our best. We had the cat balls down the hallway. Yeah. We had REM pods at either end. And yeah. we sat there and we begged them to come and talk to us. And, yeah. and nothing surprising not, happened. Not no. really much happened. No. They all got to listen to me snore at night. Um, but this is what our, um, our family gets. So uh, especially when we go to places where uh, we are asked specifically not to put anything on public. Yeah, we had to give this one to the poo bars because we weren't allowed to put anything up publicly in relation to do with ghosts. But not only was it... Beautiful. I mean, it's it's been restored not to modern standards. It's more of older standards, but it's very clean and neat and tidy. The beds yeah. are comfy. Yeah. It included a hot breakfast. Oh, the breakfast was astounding. Oh. Wow. Derek, your breakfasts are awesome. That's all I'm going to say, mate. You're yeah. good cook. Nice crispy bacon. But we um, then we met up with Barbara. And Steve. Now, mm-hmm. Steve was from Lithgow Paranormal, and they organised. They, they heard we were coming up there. The museum had been closed, and it had been closed for quite some time. So they very kindly invited us up into the museum to show us around. And the exhibits... Oh, the treasures. Oh. The treasures The stuffed there. emu and the kangaroo. <laughs> Mannequins everywhere. Yep. Uh, Steve is the best ghost storyteller. Wow. The, the Victorian Albert may have had none, but let me tell you, the museum is chock-a-block full, and oh. Barbara was showing me these EVPs that she got. And I thought it was somebody else talking. She's going, no, that's the EVP. I'm going, what the hell? Mm. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to organise to go back up and see them again and spend a little bit more time in the museum. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. Welcome back to the second hour of the show. We hope you're still here. Well... If you aren't, you're not listening to this, so... <laughs> wow, that was real intelligent, oh, Renata. I know. <laughs> I know. It's all right. I know, right? She's got another cup of coffee. She'll yeah. be fine. And uh, um, just before I move on, a big shout-out and congratulations to Ash Barty. Oh, yes. Good on you, Ash. Well done. Good on you, girl. Good on you. Absolutely. Now, I've got a bit of a story for you, eh? Oh, we're going to Windsor. We're going to Windsor. 
Nice now, spot, apparently Windsor. you've been to one of these pubs, so I'm going to ask you some questions after I've finished. Well, it's going to be a test. Mm. So these are two separate pubs in uh, Windsor, um, and they're the oldest, around the oldest pubs in Australia, actually. And um, two stories that I've picked up. So the first one is about the fiddler. <laughs> If we don't, get their giggles now, we've got no hope of getting Wayne the bin chicken done. Don't, don't. Pub patron John Seath has been causing chaos again at the Fiddler Pub in Rouse Hill, but refuses to be evicted despite being dead for 138 years. Well, Rouse Hill's not Windsor. Well, kind of, around there. Okay, whatever. <laughs> In that case, I haven't been there. No, you've been to the other one, right? The most recent incident includes the ghost smashing a glass which had danced across a bench before launching itself onto the floor. At the age of 76, the former convict, property owner and farmer's horse... What? (laughs) And farmer's horse... Oh, shied during a delivery run... Pauses can change the (laughs) meaning of everything, Renata. Sorry. (laughs) I am a professional actor. I know these things. During a delivery run carrying some poultry, eggs and some light wood, throwing Seath or Seth, Seath? Seth. Seath from his seat. That's his surname. uh, With the cart then rolling over his stomach. Ouch. Ow. According to the inquest on December the 18th, 1876, the landlord of what was then the White Hart Inn, Jamie Lye, was in his bar when Seath came driving up to the door in his cart. I sent a man to hold the horse. He got off his cart and came inside and took off his coat. This is witness testimony. He did not complain of pain, but soon afterwards seemed very ill and asked me to send for the doctor. I sent for one, and Dr. Rutter came in uh, in the course of about one hour. I asked the deceased how it happened. Hang on, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he asked the deceased, deceased. Yeah, how it happened. Excuse me, dead man, how did that happen? Yeah, he looked okay just a minute ago. Okay. He replied that his horse had been annoyed with flies and had stumbled and fallen, that he fell off the cart and was unable to get up in time and that the cart had gone right across his stomach. Mm. The publican put Seath in a room and called the doctor, but unfortunately nothing could be done as ruptures must have taken place in the bowels and probably the bladder, and he died the next day. But he refused to leave ever since, despite a recent renovation. So they've changed things around, and he's gone, I don't like it, but I'll stay it. I don't like it. I'm going to stay here until you put it back. Yep. (laughs) That would have been so painful. Oh, it would have been a dreadful death. Yep. So the iconic northwestern Sydney suburb has been transformed, trading its harsh timber and tin for lush greenery, tiled tabletops and communal dining. The mean fiddler may have changed its name to the fiddler. I, I think they should have just kept it. <laughs> That's the mean yes. fiddler. You know they do lots of um, platform psychic shows there. Do they? They do, yeah. Oh. But ghost uh, ex-convict John Seath remains. The room he supposedly supposedly died in is in, is constantly cooler than the rest of the building and gives you a cold chill. I want that room for more reason than one. <laughs> said a former staffer. 
I have had multiple occasions where I had been talking about John Seath and lights would flicker. Oh, I like it. Nothing to do with the fact that it's a 150-year-old pub. Never mind. I sat in the old building and heard a baby crying. I figure it's a kid in the playground. I go immediately out and there is nobody in the playground nor in the building. Even a medium who went to the Greenway room in the Fiddler, it dropped the main bit last year, where he died, will not use the space as there is apparently too much energy. Don't don't like the energy here. It's giving me a bad vibe. It's putting me off my chamomile tea. Yeah, I can't do my show. Well. Give me a better room. Other reported incidents include a saddle ripped from a wall, multiple accounts of old pianos being played with nobody in sight and staff often hearing a man's voice only to find no one there. Mm. Cloud shapes have also appeared in photos taken in the room. Or oh, nobody smokes in that pub either. John Seath was one of 120 convicts transported on the minstrel in 1825. Not the minstrel. Minstrel. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make sure we, we got that one right. Uh-oh, I think I've said her off, everyone. I've said a woman's word. One of these words that we don't say in public on radio. <laughs> After being convicted at Kent Special Sessions and sentenced to life. But in the new colony, he prospered, was granted a ticket of leave and permission to marry Anne Ivory at Windsor in 1836 and went on to own properties in Camperdown and Rouse, uh, Rouse Hill. And then, of course, he got run over by... He's carriage cart things carriage now um i want to mention the macquarie arms hotel which is the one that you ah, investigated at yes so like picton the colonial village of windsor has plenty of locality localities that are reportedly haunted by the ghosts of past residents now if any of you guys have been to these hotels let us know the doctor's house in thompson square the old bakery shop and the cellar tavern restaurant are all said to be haunted at the Macquarie Arms, a ghost is believed to be that of Reg Grimes, a <coughs> convict who worked at the Arms. The doctor's house is said to be haunted by four ghosts. One of these is called Veronica, a tall lady wearing a green dress with hair almost down to her knees. She's said to be a mischievous spirit in the main house where little insignificant things go missing. There is also said to be a presence in what used to be the surgery. And then there's a ghost named Sarah who is said to haunt the cellar restaurant. And there is supposed to be another ghost in the bakery next door, that of a child, in a back room once used by convict children for labour and abuse. Ooh. Used by convict children for labour and abuse. Yes. So the convict children would get in there and do deeds and abuse people? No, 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 no. They'd stick convict children in there. For labour. For labour. And, and to abuse oh, them. Oh, and to abuse them. Oh, that's not nice. I don't like that. No. That was the one that I went to. So um, when I was there, I, oh, I mean, we've been to so many pubs. And this would have been 10, 11 years ago mm. that I was there mm-hmm. uh, with another paranormal team that I shall not mention mm-hmm. with a psychic medium that's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they were saying things like there's children running around upstairs and there's a woman on the staircase. There's always a woman on the staircase. Yeah. Uh, but the place that got me was down in the cellar. Mm-hmm. 
they had a small room which used to be a jail cell. Mm-hmm. And I went into there and I started to do some reenactments, some irrecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do remember that whilst I was, um, I, they actually put some ropes and things around my wrist and tied me up in there and I started to wail and carry on. As I said, I am a professional actor and I did a fabulous job, apparently. Oh, so apparently I, I distressed some of them because it was a little too real. Yeah, um, yeah the, you could feel the atmosphere change. Or was it just because I was reenacting it and <clears throat> it was a, a memory of something that was pretty horrific that was very confronting for people mm-hmm. or was were, were I stirring up the ghosts there? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but you could definitely feel the change. Um, I can't say that I saw anything that I can go, yes, mm-hmm. that's a ghost. I remember the place was full of EMF because there was like... Uh, chocolate machines and mm-hmm. pin- pinball machines and and bar lights and everything. So we could do nothing in the bar area. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a beautiful old pub. It's oh. great. And they gave it to us until the early hours of the morning. Mm. Mm. I might have to um, hit them up again. Try again. What do you think? Why not? Now we do have some comments here. Um, first off, um, Catherine says, Bucks Fizz, I have no words. <laughs> I agree with you, Catherine. <laughs> That, that was that was the lowest of the low up till this point in time. I, t- I told you all I tried to do some bottom of the pit things. I bet you're all singing along now. <coughs> Maxi has asked us, can we do Bad Out of Hell next time? And I would. But the problem with the rest of his songs is that they are eight minutes long. <laughs> we had to pick something that wasn't too long. Um, and we've got someone here. Um, I grew up... Oh, Sky, I think. I grew up in Hawkesbury and knew the owner of doctors' houses um, and been there in lots of pubs. Hawkesbury Hospital is an old one and haunted, and that her sister used to live in <coughs> Mount Victoria. Ooh. So many, many boxes we're, we're ticking there. Awesome. But Windsor is a very old convict town, isn't it? Yep, yep. It's um yeah, it's one of those places I'd like to spend more time at and explore. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, has everyone got a glass of wine? Because it's going to be better with a glass of wine. Um, because yeah, I have to look at you, Anne, because you have to give me my cues. I have to cues. give you cues. So and this us, is going to be... Us looking at each other is not going to be good. This, this is going to be horrendous. Now, look, uh, we did have a request from some people to do a little summary of the story from last week. Mm-hmm. So how this works is that we took some suggestions from our audience, which was um, who was the demon? It was a bin chicken. What was their name? Wayne. Uh, Renata and I put in the town so we put down Swansea uh, and then we said let's create a spooky story from it and we pressed the the ghost writer button and it wrote the story for us Mm -hmm. so essentially it came up with things like uh, Anne and Renata renowned ghost hunters were called to the the town of Swansea has been terrorized by a demonic bin chicken Um, they had a a psychic world-known psychic uh, medium who called out their last word saying call Anne and Renata they're the only ones that can help um 
and then we pulled up in our rented Toyota Corolla at the front of a little wooden church, walked down the path and we heard the screech of Wayne the Bin Chicken mm-hmm. who had taken up residence in the church. Mm-hmm. Then we had Rick from Newcastle Live Radio turn up with a camera and a recorder who wanted to capture it and tell the story and tell the world. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, a strange man with a mask on turned up yes. and we didn't have any idea who he yes. was and then Wayne the Bin Chicken swooped in and took him. Yep. Next minute, poor Rick's on the ground with his skin being pulled off him. He managed to crawl into an old uh, abandoned post office. Um, in the meantime, I've got my gun, which has ectoplasmic bullets in it, and I'm trying to shoot down the bin chicken. Pew, pew. <laughs> and then um, I think either Renata or I got... <coughs> I think I got taken You away. got taken? I got swooped. Yep. Um, but then all of a sudden <coughs> the, the bin chicken swooped off with the masked man. Yes. So um, I tried to just... You know, add to the story, but it gave me one more sentence and said end of story. And I thought, well, that's no good. No. So I had to enter in the the basic summary, what I've just told you, into the mm-hmm. the plot generator, and had to go again. Mm-hmm. So this is what it's come up with, and of course now I've added in the ghost hunting grannies as well because <clears> I, and um, yeah, here we go. Anne and Renata, the ghost-hunting grannies, were investigating at their latest haunt when Wayne, the demonic bin chicken, swooped down on them with a masked man in its talons. The masked man had jumped out of nowhere and grabbed their flashlight. Anne tried to grab it back but was not quick enough. Now he had her too. No, he's got me too, said Renata as she attempted to break free from Wayne's grasp. What do we do now? Wayne flew off into the night sky with his captives yelling for help while Anne looked up at him in horror. Suddenly they heard an ominous voice say, I'll take care of your problem. Anne and Renata were dropped into a room. Anne looked up at her captor's face for the first time. It was the beginnings of all things evil. The hockey mask man bent down to look Anne in her eyes before he spoke. I am chaos personified, he said as Wayne flew out the window with Renata still in his talons. You are both now prisoners here in my lair, deep under Wayne Industries. (laughs) You will never escape. I don't know how we ended up with Wayne Industries instead of Wayne the Bin Chicken. Anne began to panic about Renata, but there was nothing she could do about it now. I love how I've become the star of the show. Of I think it's because I invited Anne and Renata. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all right. Don't worry. Don't worry. I fixed it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Wayne has flown over to Wayne Industries, where he met up with some other demonic entities that Anne and Renata had already encountered during their investigations. The Bin Sect. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going, keep going. No, no, okay. No, keep going. Jeff the Killer and Clayton. Clayton? (laughs) Clayton. I've bought you some fresh meat, Wayne squawked as Wayne dropped Renata on the floor. Caca! 
Yum, yum, we're starving over here, said Geoffrey as he licked his lips and Wayne flew out of the way to let Geoffrey eat first. Renata began to scream, <coughs> but suddenly stopped when she saw what her captors really looked like underneath their masks. Oh no, how could I have been so blind? Renata thought to herself. Jeff the killer suddenly shouted at Anne, Help me, guys, this one bites really hard. But it was too late. Renata had already eaten her way through Jeff's skull. Bleh. Sorry about that. I've been so hungry lately, Renata said to Anne. I promise not to eat you if you promise not to eat me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this has got to become a radio show. (sighs) Anne and Renata were soon friends after this experience. I thought we were friends before. (laughs) How come we're not friends now? and decided to team up on their way back home from Wayne Industries. Suddenly, they heard another ominous voice say, No, don't do it. He's evil. The mysterious figure was standing in front of them and had seemingly appeared out of nowhere. His name is David, and he is the leader of a group of humans that feed off demonic entities like him. The new stranger then introduced himself as David, while Wayne landed in front of the three new friends. Oh, it's you, Wayne said to David. I've heard all about your survival group who hunts us for food. Wayne then began to summon these forces of evil to surround David and the two paranormal investigators, Anne and Renata. Meanwhile, back at Anne's house... (laughs) I don't know why I did this. A port? Anne's husband, Roman, arrived home from work early to find out why Anne had not picked up her medication. Dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Back at Wayne Industries. Okay. That was very random. <laughs> Wayne was now totally surrounded by a force field created by David, so Wayne focused his attention on his new threat instead. All seemed lost, but Wayne's plans came crashing down when Anne shouted, Wait! I can't actually leave without my medication first! <laughs> Wayne groaned as a Wayne minion grabbed the bag containing Anne's medication for her. Wayne then flew off into the darkness of night, finally satisfied that he had won the battle. Okay. Okay. Back at Anne at Anne's house, right. Roman looked out the window to see if Renata was still there because it wasn't safe. Okay. When were you at my house? Ah. <sighs> Who are you? asked Wayne. I thought Wayne had flown off. As David began to summon his soldiers from his group who was hiding in surrounding bushes, Wayne tried to warn Wayne minions to stand ground, but they ran off back home to Wayne Industries with their tails between their legs after seeing all those humans. This is David, and we hunt demonic entities like Wayne for food, David said as Wayne squawked loudly and flew away angrily. (laughs) Oh, thanks for your help, guys, Anne said to David. These group of humans as Anne and Renata walked off home. I don't know, Anne. Renata began to say. With all this talk about you becoming a human blood bank now, I'm not sure if I can be your friend anymore. I'm a human blood bank? We 
when did that happen? I don't know. Anne then turned around with her eyes glowing red. Suddenly <gasps> Anne transformed into the demonic <gasps> entity she was destined to become. Now that Wayne had left her weakened, Anne screamed at Renata in fury. If we cannot be friends and we are enemies... Anne's transaction, oh, transformation scared away David's entire group in terror, except for Renata, who stood her ground in shock, horror and amazement. I know, Anne. You'll always be my best friend, no matter what. <laughs> Anne then heard her husband Roman's voice calling for Anne outside. Anne was afraid to transform into the demonic entity because she had never transformed in front of another human before. Anne knew that if Wayne could see her while she transformed, then he would come back again. Anne walked cautiously towards the door. Suddenly Anne transformed into the demonic entity she really is. Instead of holding it in this time, Anne screamed at Renata in fury, if we cannot be friends and we are enemies. I feel like I'm on a, a loop. <laughs> But this time, Anne didn't scare away anyone with this terrifying facade. Anne stood there in shock, not knowing what to do. Renata knew exactly what to do. She started mumbling a powerful incantation under her breath. Anne's transformation was not 100%. She knew she could save her. Raising her arms, Renata let loose with the most powerful spell. She knew started to reverse itself slowly at the same time Anne's husband Roman stood at the front door calling Anne 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 was so relieved when she saw her husband standing there she ran to him throwing herself into his arms promising to never leave his side again Renata who had made a safe path back home for Anne to Roman stood silently with a little smile on her face, knowing it was she that had saved the day yet again. She also knew that Anne could not resist the lure of the next paranormal adventure and would no doubt be by her side investigating before the week was out. Stay tuned for next week's adventures with Anne and Renata, Paranormal Investigators. The response we have had to that story is outstanding. It seems like the horrible horror stories are going to remain. Mm -hmm. Now, we need your help for the next episode. We need you to text through now to 0490-84886 a location. It can be a famous location. It can be a famous haunted house. It can be a very nondescript location. An entity, so think of a, a creature. There's so many creatures out there, werewolves, vampires, dwarves, elves, pixies, we won't say the F word. A hero, mm -hmm. the name of a hero, the name of a villain, and a sacred weapon. And we're going to create next week's story out of that. Mm -hmm. Chapter one. Yep, chapter because one. Because we can't do it all in one, yep. one so go. Location, yep. entity, hero, villain, and a sacred weapon. But Anne and Renata are always going to be the paranormal investigators doing the story. So, um, yep, you can do the F word if you want to, but I can't be responsible for what happens. But now we've got to get on to our next segment. Yes, we have the delightful Christy from Spells and Spirits in again this evening. Welcome, Christy. 
Hello. Hello. I did read your message. I'm not. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> she no, inappropriate. Lost it. She, she totally lost it's it. It's inappropriate. I'm not saying it live. But you're going to be telling us a little bit about the Chinese New Year. That's right. I never say anything inappropriate. Never. I text it, but doesn't. <laughs> no. So yes, coming up. So first of February. So I think that. Tuesday yes. is Chinese New Year Eve, with the Wednesday the second being Chinese New Year Day. Mm-hmm. So this starts the calendar for the Year of the Tiger. Ooh, the tiger, wow. yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So the tiger is you know personification of action and power. So when we you know use the the tiger, I guess as our talisman. We're, we're strong, we're powerful. But, you know, looking at some of the, I guess, what the Year of the Tiger brings for 2022 coming out of, um, no, I can't say that word, but the storm that was 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can only look at being the Year of the Tiger, actually being a year of some conflict, a year of possible wars and intense strikes. Don't, don't be saying that. Don't, don't yeah. be saying that. But then we've got Year of the Rabbit following that 2023 where that cute little bunny will help bend, um, mend all of those broken bonds. But, <sighs> that, but that's what the tiger's address, aggression um, it will, will cause. Mm. So if you do have a tiger figurine or something like that in your house, make sure it's facing outwards towards the door or window, actually not into the centre of your house. Mm-hmm. So you're not bringing and channeling, you know, conflict, conflict mm-hmm. into your living space. But I want to talk about some of the superstitions around Chinese New Year. So I was brought up in a Chinese family. Yes. And um, honestly, we just thought my grandmother was crackers. But turns out now that we've got the internet, we can actually look it up. And um, she was actually not so crackers as we thought. <laughs> So some of the superstitions around New Year's Day especially is avoid taking medication. So the belief is taking medication on New Year's Day is that you're, you know, will be sick for the whole year coming. mm -hmm. Right. Um, With that, now one that my grandmother was always very strict on was no sweeping and no taking out the garbage. Mm -hmm. So that act of sweeping is sweeping wealth away, taking out the garbage is dumping out that good luck or good fortune out of your home. Mm -hmm. Wow. Don't eat porridge and meat for breakfast. Oh, so not eating porridge because porridge was is considered what poor people eat. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so not porridge? starting <laughs> so not starting the year poor. Right. Um, and eating meat, obviously, for, that's a Buddhist part against killing animals. Um, so not eating it on New Day, but certainly go ahead on next day. <laughs> yeah. um, this also, my grandmother was a hairdresser. So avoid washing your hair and getting a haircut. So strictly, we were very strict on no washing of our hair to wash away that um, good luck. So would the, would the hair salon shut that day or they they happily wash everyone else's hair? Oh, look, they'd happily do everyone else's hair. Um, obviously, 
we were like you know because you know we were we were in forced childhood labour in the hair salon, <laughs> so we weren't allowed to sweep the floor. Oh bugger! Um, with that, so yeah, so oh. one of the other <laughs> employees had to sweep the floor. Right, right. Yeah, washing clothes as well. So don't do any laundry on that day. So um, you know, the belief is water symbolises wealth. So we don't want to be pouring that wealth down the drain. Mm. So many this is rules. an interesting one. Yes, don't use scissors or knives or have scissors and knives in view in your house. Oh, oh. you're stuffed as a hairdresser. Oh, I know, oh, I know. So, again, cutting away the wealth, things like that. Yep. As a tradition as well, we also give a red envelope with bucky mm-hmm. money. I've yep. seen that, yep. yep. Yep, but no odd amount of money is allowed in there. Mm-hmm. So it has to be even numbers. Mm-hmm. But it can't be anything to do with a four because the word for four, she, is the same word as death in China. Oh, oh wow. So you, you know, a lot of times when you go to hotels in China and Hong Kong, there'll be no level four. Right. It'll go one, two, three, five. Right. So it's yeah. like our 13th floor where they don't like yeah. the number 13. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And again, try not to break a bowl or a glass or anything like that. Consider bad fortune, momentary loss or a family breakup. Mm -hmm. If you do happen to break anything, you should wrap it in red paper Mm -hmm. um, just to help that. Um, And this was a really interesting one. Keep children from crying. Oh, good luck. (laughs) So the cry of a child is believed to bring bad luck to the family. The parents do their best to keep their children from crying. So probably the best way to do that is take your little child and set up a whole heap of firecrackers next to a head with a scary big dragon dancing around uh, with that. And But one of the beautiful things about Chinese New Year is always sharing food with your family. Yeah. At that time, so we would always go out for family dinner. We'd all be there with lank, greasy hair. We had to wash it all to our hair. <laughs> Dirty clothes and lank, greasy hair. Yeah. Out for dinner as a family. Awesome. So, as long as you're allowed to put deodorant on, that's all that really matters. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I, that was very, very interesting. And, um, yeah, a bit of an insight on Chinese New Year and how um, superstitions play a role still in the life of, of many Chinese people. Um, and some of those... Um, I, I guess have this sensibility about them, the, the superstitions, um, because some superstitions are. They're, they're kind of the sensibility of the day. Mm. Mm. Um, so, mm. they, yeah, it, very, very interesting. So we're heading off to a song, but thank you so much for coming in yet again. Uh, if people want to make any purchases or speak to uh, Christy, she's available uh, online at Spells and Spirits. Uh, and also you are now at Nelson Bay. Yes, at the Wellness Path. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing healings there four days a week. So I do a quantum chakra healing, um, that's massage, meditation and energy healing. Mm-hmm. And I do heavenly scent, which is an aromatherapy experience and massage. Oh, is there a happy ending? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the most unhappiest. No. <laughs> <laughs> Grump, grumpy ending, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Christy. Bye. 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 You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. 
Oh, we're nearing the end of another fantastic show. Uh, we just love everyone actually uh, messaging messaging us and letting us know how they're enjoying the show and um, your suggestions for the next episode of um, Horrible Haunted Histories with Anne and Renata. <laughs> Horrible Haunted um, <laughs> Stories. Yeah. Uh, now, um, we do have um, a whole plethora of ghost tours coming up for February, so please check out um, either uh, Anne and Renata Frightfully Good or Newcastle Ghost Tours, and you'll see what is available. We've got something on every weekend, but please, please, please note that one of the best new tours we have is the one out at Gloucester, the oh, gold mine. It is just so awesome. Look, the trip isn't that far. It's only it's an hour a bit. Hour, hour 40 from yeah. Newcastle. Um, and you will truly, really enjoy and it. And we stay the night. Yeah. We make a whole weekend out of it. Yep. We go and have breakfast somewhere in Gloucester the next morning. Um, totally worth it. Yep, yep. And, of course, don't forget, um, tickets are on sale uh, for uh, our workshop, which starts at the end of uh February yep, and goes through to March, three consecutive weeks filled with information. And don't forget, if you could text through your suggestions for our next horrible horror story, uh, we need a location, an entity or creature, the name of a hero, the name of a villain. Now, I've had some suggestions texted through but no villains yet look we could have donald trump we could have that tennis player we could have whoever hitler pick a name as your villain or um uh, was it justin bieber i don't know um and a sacred weapon although i think we've chosen our sacred weapon yes yes um, it's already come through yes we've uh, had that come through as the sacred ukulele that will be our sacred weapon of the week. Mm. I Thank think you, Jodie, for that one. Look, I think we've got a location as well. I yep. have to say that you can't get any better location than the one we've got yes. right now. Yes, yep. it's a, it's, Well, we'll it's see. Gold. We'll see. It's gold. But you're doing well. It's fabulous, fabulous suggestions there. What yep. a crowd. <laughs> All right, so we're going to end the evening. We do hope we do hope that the kiddies go off to school this week and they're all safe uh, or everything's just going to fall apart into a thousand pieces once well, the kids go back. Well, you know, guys, just hang in there. It will be a rough ride for a couple of weeks. Oh, Crispy just said our hero is lavender. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> we will not get through it. Um, yeah, look, it will be a rough couple of weeks just as the virus kicks off through everyone. Um, and The masked lavender. Yeah. The masked lavender. Humphrey B. Bear. Humphrey B. Bear. <laughs> the villain. I love it, um, Sorry, I'm getting so distracted. That, that was just such fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that segment as much as we did. Um, we will have to. Maybe I can alternate some of my weird stories with some trash and treasure yeah, as well because we yeah. don't want to lose that yeah. um, <coughs> we need more time that's all there is to it we need more time we need another show no, no. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> thank you once again everyone for being such awesome supporters and uh, for staying up and listening to our craziness every Sunday evening see you next week stay spooky and see you on the dark side most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts but sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. 
Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable, sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.